Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 108 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is a review of the Capital One data breach and discussion of vendor cybersecurity risks. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, the Volkoff Law Group offers data privacy and cybersecurity compliance services. We have assisted companies in designing and implementing data data privacy compliance programs. Uh, We also have experience in the design and implementation of security compliance programs uh, to meet and to address cybersecurity risks. If interested, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Well... Um, I wanted to turn first to a discussion of the Capital One data breach because it definitely highlights uh, vendor risks and third-party cybersecurity risks, uh, and we'll discuss uh, what, what that means. But um, the Capital One data breach, which recently occurred, really reflects um, what I have consistently tried to remind people is that a lot of our cyber risks are actually, and data breach risks, are internal actor risks. In other words, um, internal actors can act with intent or negligence and cause devastating uh, breach results. Clicking on a phishing email, for example, deliberately stealing important data, or failing to secure a person's computer uh, can all have tremendous impacts on an organization and the data security. So compliance has to play a significant role in this in mitigating cyber and data breach risks. This is not just an issue that should be exclusively within the province of information tech or data privacy people. This is compliance officers are good at assessing a risk, designing controls to mitigate the risk, training to mitigate a risk, and then measuring the performance of the compliance program. So Compliance One, uh, Compliance One, Capital One suffered a serious data breach, not because of some hooded cyber junkie sitting in Eastern Europe or some sophisticated electronic attack. No, Capital One suffered a a data breach because of one bad actor, uh, a woman by the name of Paige Thompson. On July 29, 2019, FBI agents arrested Paige Thompson for downloading nearly 30 gigabytes of 100 million Capital One credit applications from an Amazon cloud data server. So there's a third-party cloud data server, Amazon, which she was able to access. Capital One learned about the theft from a July 17th 2019 email noting that some of the leaked data was being stored for public view on the software development platform GitHub. The account owner was a user NetCrave, which included Paige Thompson's resume. According to the FBI, Thompson also used a public meetup group where she invited others to join a Slack channel. For compliance and cyber officials, this 
uh, event, the Capital One data breach, underscores the risks that companies face when they rely on third-party vendors, like I mentioned. In this case, Amazon for its data security needs. Most companies face significant risks from its third-party vendors and are struggling right now to ensure that cyber risks are adequately mitigated. Businesses that outsource, particularly when it comes to information and data storage and document storage, that outsource to third parties where such operations are integrated into business operations face extraordinary cyber threats. So vendor risk management programs for cyber is yet another risk to manage with regard to your third parties. Uh, if given truth serum, I bet you most companies would concede that their supply chain is at significant risk of attack, and that's one issue that really has to be looked at. Um, and the Capital One case reminds us of the importance of managing these risks, especially when it comes to cloud computing services. So litigation between a vendor and a company can easily occur, like it's going to occur in this case between Amazon and Capital One, if there are questions as to the responsibility of a cyber attack. Amazon already has denied any liability for the cyber attack, claiming that its cloud infrastructure played no role in the vulnerability. Instead, Amazon claims that Capital One's web application was misconfigured. So in the end, the liability issue may turn on the specific contractual provisions between Capital One and Amazon, another reminder of the importance of mitigating third-party risks through your contractual provisions. One interesting issue is that the perpetrator, Paige Thompson, worked previously for Amazon. She's ex she is suspected of stealing data from other Amazon customers. Her course of, thref, of theft underscores the real risk that cloud computing services provide services to multiple customers and increase the impact of, of a breach. Thompson's uh, course of conduct may create Amazon liability for the Capital One hack. So let's talk a little bit more uh, in general about third-party vendor cybersecurity risks. We all know that businesses rely on a large number of third-party vendors to support their business operations. This is in the anti-corruption area. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Many of these third parties require access to a company's data and its internal information and technology systems. This digital fact of life creates a real cyber risk for illegal intrusions. Like I mentioned, uh, over half of all cyber attacks are, in the direct, are the direct or indirect result of third-party access. Third-party vendors often have less sophisticated or robust cyber protections against unauthorized access. In the target breach case, for example, the cyber attack, gain, attack gained initial access through an air conditioning subcontractor. J.P. Morgan suffered a data breach as a result of an initial attack against an online platform run by an outside website vendor. Best Buy, Sears, Kmart, and Delta suffered data breaches because of their use of the same chat and customer services vendor, which was hacked by a malware attack. So these, this underscores the importance of uh, vendor risks, understanding the information access that they have, and what the third party's vulnerabilities may be with respect to uh, hackers getting into their own um, data and ultimately getting through to your data uh, through the third party. 
Let's talk about responses to cyber incidents, because when a cyber incident occurs, businesses have to be ready to respond. Frankly, a company has to create a breach response protocol, or else it can veer off into costly and ineffective responses that will you know, have significant financial and reputational damage. If the cyber attack occurs because of a third-party vendor, companies have to consider the following. One, public relations announcement and your strategy. Internal announcements and mitigation. You have to preserve and investigate the digital evidence. So this is going to require provisions in the contract with the third-party vendor. What state, federal, and uh, state and federal regulatory and legal requirements, notifications of regulators and communication steps uh, to protect information uh, after the incident, credit monitoring and identity protection services that may be offered and provided, uh, insurance claims, uh, the potential for class action filings, which will occur quickly, and your defense, and the briefing and interaction with the third parties. So many companies outsource, like I said, a variety of functions to third parties, including information technology, payroll, accounting, and other financial services. Such uh, outsourcing obviously raises risks with regard to a data breach and personal financial information of your employees or, other, or your vendors. So companies have to manage uh, these risks by ensuring that third-party access to sensitive data is restricted to only that which is needed to provide a specific service. Third-party due diligence for cyber risks has to focus on a number of weighty issues, significant issues, that the vendors themselves own. So, for example, how does the vendor identify and protect sensitive customer data or other conf confidential information? So, for example, your payroll processor. How do they protect that information? What do they do? Um, cyber, uh, what are the risks with regard to that third party and what are your mitigation strategies? Uh, do, you do you obtain a certification or do you evaluate this vendor's cyber risk management program? Uh, is there some kind of government certification or industry certification program that can, you can rely on and that you can secure from some of your vendors? Um, for example, did the third party conduct a risk and security assessment and can you get a copy or access to this risk and security assessment of their own uh, of their risks. Uh, you want to confirm that they obviously use encryption technology and take other steps to minimize unauthorized access to data. Uh, how do they manage their passwords? Do they use two-factor authorizations for access? Uh, what kind of cybersecurity training programs do your third parties have? Uh, what, do they have a cyber incident uh, response plan? What kind of physical data security uh, do they have in terms of their facilities to protect data if, to the extent they store the data on their, um, uh, at their uh, location? Uh, did they have any past data security incidents? And do they maintain cyber insurance? So companies have to risk rank your vendors based on the nature and quantity of company information uh, to which the vendor has access. So if the vendor has access to payment, you know, credit card information, uh, protected health information, any kind of personally identifiable data, and the nature of that 
data and the extent to which they have access to it or control over it, that has to go into your risk assessment uh, of your third party and how you risk rank them as well. So how do you respond to a vendor data breach? So if a vendor suffers a data breach, companies have to make sure they have appropriate safeguards in place relating to initial notification, contractual requirements, coordinated responses, sharing of information, and how to respond in that situation. If the vendor has access to and responsibility for, let's say, personal, sensitive personal and or financial information, you have to work out uh, in advance and in your contractual provisions, how you're going to coordinate and contractual protections uh, that are in place to ensure such coordination. So depending on your company's contractual provisions, which uh, I say should be robust, depending upon the sensitivity of the information that this vendor is handling, there should be basic notification and coordination requirements. Um, and the company, you should have audit rights on-site inspection rights, and even the right to conduct an independent risk and security audit at the vendor's expense if there's an, uh, if there's an incident. At the outset, a company needs to know whether its data has been compromised, whether there's been any disruption to its services, the nature and extent of the incident, the status of any remediation, any preliminary findings of an assessment of investigation, and relevant information to the company's operations and reputational concerns. And if relevant, the vendor may seek to inspect the company's operations to assist in its own investigation and assessment. This is after a breach occurs. So those are general principles for handling third-party cybersecurity risks. Uh, obviously, it's not exhaustive, but those are general principles that should be looked at. I want to take a moment now just to look at um, the cloud and cloud services, and I call it living in the cloud. Uh, and businesses are rapidly moving their information into the cloud. It is efficient. I mean, we ourselves use a, a document service in the cloud, and it makes sense. Uh, you know, the old sort of land-based computer systems or boxes are being replaced with access to cloud-based systems. And uh, these complex services are big business. They result in, you know, huge cost savings. They're scalable and they're efficient. And once you start to rely on the cloud to store confidential and sensitive information, you really have to do a robust sort of due diligence and protection of your information once it's stored in the cloud and get certain protections and risk mitigation strategies in place with regard to that cloud service. One third of IT budget now, IT budgets now are used for cloud services. And over the next five years, there's expected to be even more rapid growth in cloud storage. Uh, and like I said, this creates real and significant data risks because if there's a cloud data breach, that can have real serious impacts on not only your company, but probably several others. So a risk assessment has to be conducted to address cloud storage risks to determine what security vulnerabilities, the likelihood of occurrence, and the impact of a data security incident. So there are a number of issues that should be looked at in, uh, in this area, and I want to go through some of them. Um, 
and what should be included in the assessment. There should be a review of the cloud vendor's infrastructure and their security program. This is a basic thing that you have to ask for, review, make sure you have your staff, your information people who are reviewing this, or if you have a consultant to do it, that's great. Um, in terms of understanding the cloud vendor's infrastructure and security program, what capabilities and strategy do they have for the uh, protection of data? Um, the transparency of their data protection security system. Do they use encryption either for set data or motion data and possession of uh, encryption keys? Where is the cloud storage located? In what country? Because that could have an impact on uh, access to it and what legal obligations may be triggered uh, depending upon where the cloud uh, stores this uh, kind of data. And what kind of access should you have? What's your access to the security system, if necessary, for a potential incident or assessment or audit uh, after a breach occurs? Um, how does the cloud company monitor its cyber risks? And what's their commitment to updating the protection with new technologies? Do they maintain uh, data logs and procedures? Uh, and also, just on some other issues, do they have procedures for handling government subpoenas or search warrants? So for example, if the FBI serves a warrant for uh, in, uh, information about your customers, obviously, uh, or a particular customer, there has to be a procedure in place for coordinating with you uh, to make sure that uh, if there are certain rights. Now, they may have uh, there are certain law enforcement search warrants uh, which require secrecy, uh, but those, are, those tend not to be used that often. Uh, company auditing rights of the cloud company's operations. Obviously, just like in the third-party context with regard to you know, vendors and suppliers or people who redistribute distributors and agents, you have to have audit rights. Well, here you need to have auditing rights of the cloud company's operations. Um, and you have to make sure that they have robust monitoring, detection, and uh, response uh, protocols for uh, a potential incident. Uh, we should also look at the regulatory requirements that apply to the cloud company's data services, what insurance requirements we need, but also what insurance do they have in place for coverage of their data and any intrusion against them. Uh, so the cloud company's insurance, and then we want to look at indemnification and loss provisions that we need uh, in terms of if there is some something that occurs uh, that's their fault, uh, we want to be obviously indemnified uh, as to any damages for that. But that's uh, rare. You know, it's going to be a that's going to be a tough negotiation. Uh, also, uh, what are the procedures for uploading of sensitive information and protecting the sensitive information during those during uploading processes? And, um, uh, and what are their procedures for addressing internal employee security risks relating to unauthorized access to cloud data? Remember, I said that about 50% of uh, um, cyber incidents and data security incidents relate to um, uh, internal actors who either act negligently or intentionally uh, with a desire to get access to this uh, valuable information. So that's just a, a basic outline of some issues for concern. 
Um, uh, Third-party risks are going to expand, uh, you know, well beyond our limitations of, you know, our focus usually of bribery, sanctions, and other legal risks. And now we have these significant cyber risks where data protection is paramount. Um, and corporate boards and senior management have to focus on these cyber risks to mitigate the risks and monitor the operations uh, and make sure that we uh, take adequate steps to mitigate these risks in the, in the event uh, of, a, of an incident. Best practices have to focus on robust ri uh, risk assessments, careful planning, risk mitigation, and buy-in for corporate crisis management. So that's just an outline of some of the issues. Obviously, it's a difficult issue, uh, underscored by the Capital One incident, uh, and will continue uh, to grow in significance as we see these new sort of data uh, cloud services, and we see the, the technical issues uh, created by vendors, third-party risks uh, for cyber risk management. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals. Sometimes you gotta be strong Well, it's all right As long as you got someone to lay Well, it's all right Every day is judgment day Maybe somewhere down the road away Somewhere down the road when somebody plays Purple haze If you're by my side